another great episode of Dreaming Business Radio. I'm your host, Jim Palmer. I am the Dream Business Coach. And this is the podcast to learn how to create your dream business so you too can live your dream lifestyle. By the way, I say you too because you're learning from someone who has done what they teach. I've created multiple six-figure businesses. And today, I do live my dream lifestyle aboard my yacht with my wife, Stephanie, our dog, Blue, and... Uh, Life is good, so buckle up. You're going to get some truth, some straight talk, and what it takes to create a dream business. I'm the founder and creator of the Dream Business Academy and the Dream Business Mastermind and Coaching Program. And as I said, I coach entrepreneurs and small business owners at all levels to build the business of their dreams. Today's episode is brought to you by Dream Business Academy. It's a three-day live event taking place. Our next one, which is our seventh, uh, is Providence, Rhode Island, September 28th, 27th, 28th, and 29th. This is a marketing and business building event unlike anything you've been before. It's a solid three days of of teaching and coaching and profit seats and business transformations. You'll walk away with what I call the blueprint for my million-dollar platform. Learn more at dreambizacademy.com, dreambizacademy.com. By the way, use the coupon code PODCAST, which lets me know you heard it here, and you get 100 hours off your registration. Again, the coupon code is PODCAST. Go to dreambizacademy.com. Today I've got a really good show. It's going to be a little fun. It's going to be a little different than we usually do. I'm interviewing uh, partners in a business called Merchant Account Wizards, but don't let the name confuse you. We'll talk about the whole credit card thing a little bit, I, I suspect, and then we're going to go talk about some marketing and things like that. So my guests are David Oliver and Glenn Livingston. Glenn, David, how are you guys doing? I'm doing great. great. Happy to be here. How are you doing today? We're doing good, and this—I suspect this is what it's going to be like. We're going to be all over the place. But so, Glenn, you're in uh, Portland, Oregon, and David—I I believe you're in New York. Is that right? Uh, yes, but we're we're based over in Portland, Oregon, though. So I'm also uh, there as well. Oh, okay, so you guys are in the same. I'm I'm in Rhode Island at the moment. So anyway, good old technology brought us together. Tell how did you guys become uh, partners? in uh, your merchant account uh, business. Glenn, I'll let you go first. Well, um, I've had a long and varied career. I I was a corporate consultant for large companies like AT&T and Lipton and Novartis and Whirlpool and um, actually did millions of dollars of research for them. Um, Wind up kind of transitioning after a, a bad investment in uh, 2001. I, I built a focus group facility in 9/11, uh, just before 9/11, in New York, and nobody wanted to travel there. I lost an awful lot of money, and I decided I didn't want to be a corporate consultant anymore. I w- wanted a change of life, and um, and so I, I started small business. I started a publishing business, which was very successful, and, and I started an advertising agency, which was sex- successful. And in the course of doing that, I started running around teaching. And David Oliver was one of the people who attended the seminars, we became buddies. And he was running a seven-figure business. And um, over the course of doing that, David, I can let you tell the story more than I did, but he um, he ran into trouble with his merchant account. He was serving a population which was very prone to complaints. And um, he, he got basically shut down from running a seven-figure business and lost probably millions if I'm not exaggerating David and had to um had to spend you know a, a good year figuring out how to fix that and 
you know, get out of the blacklist and figure out how to, um, how, how to, you know, make the merchant accounts work. And in the course of doing that, he discovered um, a lot of bloat in the industry, a lot of shenanigans in the industry, and realized that, you know, if a small business wants to become, really wants to grow, that there is, there's money they're leaving on the table um, by working with the wrong underwriter. So, you know, maybe it's a half percent on every transaction, but that really adds up over time. And and then secondarily, that it was really important to be with the right underwriter because when you hit a sudden growth spurt, you were really at risk of going out of their basic categories. And um, and and so I started sending my, you know, as I was teaching, I had a real business following of about thirty thousand entrepreneurs, and I started sending my people over to him, um, and they were happy and. You know, we made a small commission when we put the connections together, and so we were happy, and we said, let's get a little more serious about this and make it a company. That's that's how that happened. Well, that's good. And, David, you know, one thing I know as a boater, there's people who have run aground and people who lie about it. <laughs> and when, you're, uh, when you run an online business, there's people who have trouble with their merchant account and people who have yet or lied about it. So that's not a thing. But, man, with a seven-figure business, that must have been uh, – must have been pretty scary. It just with keeping just taking care of the clock here, keeping the story somewhat brief. Was it did the size of your transactions significantly increase, or just did the volume like go 10x and scare the heck out of whoever you were using? Yeah, that's what really happened. So you know we were we were going along. Uh, you know everything was going great, and uh, we had you know done a lot of Google AdWords, and uh, the numbers were great. And then we expanded into like display and big networks and things, it was, you know, really 20X. And what happened was I really didn't know about merchant accounts. Like I had one back from like a landscaping business, you know, which I got from a a local um, bank. And then I was kind of mismatched because the inner, you know, I I, I got an account that was sort of for like in a bizarre way, like a, a traditional business. And then once we went 20x, well, 10x, 20x, um, the spotlight got on me because I'm growing faster than all the other clients. And, uh, you know, we just have normal things like, you know, refunds and uh, that type of thing and some chargebacks. And then they just looked at it, and it was just way off the charts, like the terms of the growth. And then all of a sudden, you, you just get shut down because you're that outlier, and I never even knew any of this. And then as I started talking to other friends, I had a lot of friends that are very successful. They all had similar type problems. Uh, And then I started researching and figuring out, first and foremost, you had to be with the right horse and make sure that your growth, uh, they can handle your growth uh, in the future, and I wasn't. So that was a big, you know, learning point. So when you guys started Merchant Account Wizards, are are you consultants helping people, or do you actually provide merchant services? Yeah, we do actually both. So really what happens is uh, I made a lot of contacts with banks, uh, and then we go through other brokers who have contacts with banks. And, um, you know, my experience actually came from back when I had, you know, back in the 90s when I had a landscaping business. I eventually figured out, like, who are the right people to buy the best possible product of mulch and rocks and shrubbery 
And then what were the best rates and how did you get that? Where did you get that from who? And then I figured out merchant accounts, it was the same thing. If you went to, uh, you know, a guy uh, at a certain company in a certain bank, they would have great rates. They loved online businesses. They would expand with you. They would have awesome customer service and everything would be great. But if you went to the wrong people, it would be terrible. So, that's one part of the equation, but a lot of online business people, and I think you probably have seen this yourself, they're very focused on generating sales, generating revenue for good reason, obviously. But a lot of them, there's, there's different parts of the business like they need to look at, like setting things up organizationally, uh, you know, having great customer service, having policies and procedures, uh, operational things, and those are other things that we talk to some of our fast-growing merchants about because they really need help in that area. Like most online businesses, unfortunately, like go, go, go with sales, 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 and revenue, 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 but they forget these some other things that actually lead to issues with their business, especially their merchant account. Glenn, why do you think it's so difficult to move money uh, within e-commerce? And, uh, you know, when I um – when Steph and I moved on the boat, and um, we're with a certain bank, been with them a long time, both personally and business, and they don't have any accounts up in Rhode Island, but they said you can do deposits and things through your through the app. Well, it comes to find out there's there's a limitation that only let you do so much. So then we have to go open a different bank. It's just like, man, is this is this 2017 or what? Why why can't I deposit money into an account? I, I realize that's not exactly the question I asked, but you know, there's so much technology. That should make it easy, but, I mean, does it always come down to some bean counter who doesn't understand e-commerce? He's just, you know, some high-level banker somewhere. Why is it so difficult? It's a little counterintuitive because you would think the more money you you process through them, the more money that they make so they would be happy. And it it doesn't really have to do with technology. The technology to move the money is there, and it's, you know, fairly – I don't know if it's simple, but – because of security and everything like that, but it's, it's fairly robust. It's not it's not a problem to move millions of dollars around electronically in, into your bank account. The um, the problem has to do with the underwriters or the bean counters' understanding of the risk and their their algorithm. And they have to do this algorithmically because their model is to work with tens of thousands of um, of, of customers. The, their their algorithm is set up to deal with the typical business. They you know they 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 know what the risk profile is. If if you're processing under forty thousand dollars a month and you've got a typical business with a typical credit score and everything like that, they they know what risk that they're taking. But if all of a sudden they allow you to process two hundred thousand dollars a month and then suppose you're growing too fast and your customer service is not good and you don't deliver the product and you go out of business then they're stuck for that $200,000. And, you know, the little arrows and dots on their computer screen say that you're an outlier and they don't want to take that risk. And it, it really it really comes down to the actuarial assessment of risk more so than anything to do with technology. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Um, I'm not sure if it was you, Glenn, or David, but one of you um, gentlemen mentioned that so many – um, small to medium-sized businesses are, are leaving money on the table, and especially if they start experiencing growth spurts. What are you speaking about the the merchant accounts, or or something just more broad in terms of marketing or operations, or 
I forget who who mentioned that earlier. Well, Glenn Brett mentioned that, and I could I actually uh, have a lot of experience with that because we left a lot of money on the table, and I know a lot of people who do. It's in the merchant account. On the one hand, the rates are very very high. Their fees are very high. Most people don't even look at their statements. They don't even know what's going on. A lot of times, they don't even send you statements in the mail. Uh, they email them. They email links that nobody looks at because if you looked at them, you'd realize you were losing a ton of money. Um, so that's that's one issue. And then for traditionally with small business people, and you're uh, Jim, you're probably aware of this. You know, there's uh, most people can be remarketing to their customers more, offering more products and services. Um, you know, just offering more things to their customers to generate more revenue. So that's something that um, individuals who are trying to grow, trying to generate revenue, they're not doing that. And I will tell you, like, the fastest businesses that we work with, that I've been in, that my own personal businesses blend, are all businesses that really have quite a few products and services for their customers and are offering in it in a very ethical manner. So they're just offering more things to people and they're being able to pick up more and more revenue. Um, and that's a way for businesses to instantly increase their income. If any business is listening right now, the easiest way that you could uh, increase your revenue is just to come out with um, another product or service and just offer it to your customer base. And, you know, if your product or service is good, there's a very significant chance a significant number of people are going to take that product because they already bought one product from you and they know, like, and trust you, and that's the biggest hurdle. So the best thing you could do is offer more to the same people. Gotcha. Jimmy, Glenn, let's, yeah, go ahead, Glenn. I just had a little, I had a little more to say about the money on the table. I, I think it kind of goes along with what David is saying, but I think that most businesses don't know how to think like an actuary. And so, so what I mean by that is that they will usually have a front-end product and they will aim to break even within 30 days by the time their you know, credit card comes due, right? And so they'll buy advertising to the point where they can pay the advertising with the front-end sales. But if you model it out and you have a multitude of products that you offer clients and you model it out and you say, well, X percent of the people who buy the front end product will buy product number two, percent of the people who buy the whole product number three, and you build a big spreadsheet. And then you also include time in that factor. So it's not just in month one, but what's going to happen in months two, three, four, five, six. Um, Generally, if you can build a model like that, I think you can look at the cash flow curve. Maximizing that cash flow curve often involves allowing it to dip in the beginning. And I run into a lot of, a lot of businesses who haven't done that modeling. Um, and then if they have, they just don't have the confidence or the nerve to go negative like that on the front end in order to, um, in order to build up the, you know, maximum cash value. So, so, I think that by learning to think like an actuary, learning, learning to think like someone who really assesses risk like that or like an insurance company, um, you, you can find a good deal of money in many businesses that people just don't know is there um, or don't have the nerve to pick up. So that's another place. That, that, that is a million-dollar tip. 
million dollar, multi million dollar tip, which I just said. Awesome. Like when, I, when I, agree with I, that. I, I, I mean, I, I can give you an example. When I wanted to build a coach training organization, and I was, you know, competing with Tony Robbins, and um, I wasn't really well known at all. Um, I, I built out a model like that, and it showed that it was going to take me 10 months to break even. And so, you know, most people wouldn't even consider that, but I said, well, why, why can't I invest? And this is something I really want to do. I want to get into this market. What if it does take me 10 months to break even? I'll have the customer after that. They're going to want more stuff. And, um, you know, and once the system is running, then I can start to optimize it. And, you know, eventually I got it down to three months, and, um, you know, then I had a real business. But if I... If I hadn't thought like that, if I hadn't built those models, then I would have just walked away from the market and I wouldn't have had the opportunity at all. Um, so, now that, that spread, spreadsheet. Sense. You know, the fact that yeah, you got it from ten months. You know, the fact that you got it from ten months to three months is is really admirable. But you know, one of the things I think is uh, causing so much angst and consternation among uh, new entrepreneurs is they become so darn impatient. <laughs> you know, we can microwave a full uh, Thanksgiving meal in four and a half minutes, but you can't grow uh, You can't grow a big sustainable business, which every business in the world is based on customer relationships overnight. <laughs> so um, anyway, you worked, so Glenn, you worked with a lot of, um, well, first of all, do you agree with that? Oh, yeah. And, I, you know, Camus said that the truth is a poor competitor in the marketplace of ideas. And one of the hard things about being in the position like the three of us are in where we're teaching marketing and business development is that um, people want to hear that it's easier than it is, right? It's, right. They, they really want to see a shiny object that tells them they'll be profitable the first month. And, and um, you know, it, it takes time to build a business and it takes constant work and it's, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Exactly. Yeah, that, that is so true. I, I can't reiterate that enough. The, the the best people that I've ever worked with that are growing fast, if they're growing fast today, they've been laying the foundation for a long time before that growth. And you're right. I mean, today people want it now. It is it's very difficult to go against that, especially when like we are. Like you, you just have a society that's pitching everything should be fast, quick. And if it's not fast and quick, there should be something that makes it fast and quick. And uh, in business, um, I've not found the magic anywhere. Because, <laughs> <So. laughs> it, again, it's not there. I mean, you can you can do a lot of things to speed up the attraction and the eyeballs and traffic and all of that, but you can't speed up the no like, and trust factor much because, again, you're dealing with people. I always tell, I you know, Sometimes I'll, I'll, when I'm out speaking, people look at me with glazed eyes, and I'll just pick somebody and I'll say, do you remember the first time you met your spouse, you know, significant other? Yeah. I mean, if it was like me, man, 39 years ago, my heart went pitter-patter. I said, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with this girl. On the first date, I felt that. But if I had vocalized that, hi, I'm Jim. You want to get married? I've lots of kids. And do it. I mean, she would have ran in the other direction. And, she would have run away. People, yeah. And, and somebody asked me about a couple of weeks ago, how soon – I'm writing autoresponders, Jim. How soon can I put in an offer? I said, if you do it in less than like three or four or six months, I'll strangle you because, you know, you're asking somebody, you know, to sample some emails. First of all, they're not going to see a third or half of them, and, and you're going to pitch your, your high-end coaching program? I don't think so. 
You know, you got to slow down the sale. Anyway, get, get me off my soapbox here. You guys are the guests. What are what are um, what are a couple other marketing strategies that um, that you guys work with 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 the people you're you're advising? So one thing I could say, and this goes even along with the merchant accounts too, because you you just get this pre-approved, which is this has been another breakthrough for me. So whatever you're selling, whatever it is, I, I can't think of anything that wouldn't this wouldn't work for. You just offer immediately another option for more, but a little bit more of a discount. And you give you give options. So uh, I've you know I've done this with supplements. I've done this with uh, even back in the day landscaping. I've done this with a whole wide variety of things. So like you offer one of something, four of something, you know, eight, ten, and then by offering that to people, a percentage will always take. I uh, call it my brother. So my brother is always going to buy the best and the most expensive, period, no matter what. It doesn't – that's the way his brand works, and there's a lot of people like him, and that helps get your average transaction up, and that's an easy way, easy marketing strategy. And this really comes from salespeople. So in-person or over-the-phone salespeople know that whatever they're selling, if they just offer an A and a B or an A, B, and C, that there's going to be a percentage to take the B and the C. And then now your average transaction is going to go up, and it's just like free money. You already have that person who's interested. So now instead of them buying, let's say, $50 of something, you know, now they're going to, there's, a, there's 20% that's going to buy $120 or something, and then there's 30% that's going to buy the $75 option. So when you average it all together, you have an average, a higher average transaction. That's that's a no-brainer marketing strategy. Absolutely. Uh, hey, Glenn, what are some of the common threats to business expansion that you've seen that, you know, and I forget whether it was you or David said, but everybody entrepreneurial has got their head down, they're selling, grow, grow, more revenue, more revenue, and, and it's kind of like, let's just hope there's enough cash flow to take care of what's behind me. But, you know, what are what are some of the threats when people grow too fast? Well, I mean, I think one of the biggest ones is customer service, right? I, I um I had an advertising, I, I had a big entrepreneurial following where I was trying to teach people my marketing methods, and which were fairly complex but very effective. And what what happened was that everybody said, well, Glenn, could you just do it for us? You know, this is just too much for us. And I, I, the, I always resisted that. And the moment I said, okay, I'll do it for you, um, I was just flooded. And all of a sudden, we, we had to hire, I think it was 21 people, and... Um, you know, I, I, I almost ruined I almost ruined my reputation because to get twenty one people up to speed, you know, working with a hundred clients um immediately, you know, without time to experience them and develop procedures and quality assurance and um, you know, how often does the client need to be communicated with, what reports are we going to give them, how are we going to handle the the billing and collections problems, what do we do with customer complaints? Um, what is a reasonable rate of growth for the customer? How do we document that? How do we dollarize what they're doing? I mean, they, there's so much to learn that that if you're not, um, and David can speak to this a lot more than I can because he's grown bigger businesses like that. But if if you're not developing the customer service to go along with it and make sure that the clients are happy, the best people 
And and then the other threat is to not have been prepared with um, you know terms and vendors and you know and your merchant account to handle the cash flow associated with the growth. Um, so like like in the in the model that I talked about before, once once you discover what your customer value is at three months, six months, and twelve months, well then you need the cash and the terms to be able to buy the advertising. But most, most people don't know, by the way, that if you're buying a significant amount of advertising with one of the major platforms, you can often ask for terms. Like, you don't necessarily have to pay Google after 30 days. Um, as a matter of fact, I know people to whom Google has approached and said, hey, you know, why don't we give you this credit line to help you buy more advertising? So, you know, the major platforms will partner with you if you have a history with them and you um, and you approach them about it. So there are all sorts of ways to handle that, but you have to be thinking it through. It can't just be about, um, well, I can sell this, therefore I should sell this. That, that was a mistake that I made early on, and I think, um, I think David, you've seen that a lot also, haven't you? Yes, yeah, I absolutely have, um, and I agree with what you just said. One other thing that I see, and I, Jim, I think you probably uh, may have seen this as well, is that people only having one major source of traffic. That's a big problem. So that, you know, I've seen people just disintegrate because their SEO rankings fell. I've seen people on Google AdWords who got shut down or two or three competitors came in um, and just really ravaged uh, the, the, the business because they've taken all the traffic. So you really should be well-rounded with traffic sources. Also, what Glenn said is the same thing. So, there's, you know, there's a lot, like, when you're online, there's now a lot to keep track of. It's, you know, it's, it's a, you know, it's growing to be a mature industry, mature business. It's not like the old days where you could just kind of, back when I started, there were five-cent clicks. I remember literally five-cent clicks, and you could, I mean, you could make five, six dollars a click on five-cent clicks. So, you spend five cents and you know, you could make $5 in some cases, but those days are um, pretty much gone, and now you have to be diversified and keep like, stay on top of everything. Still a great business, greatest business, I think, uh, in the world, um, but you got to really stay on top of it. A lot of threats out there. Well, if you remember five-cent clicks, you also remember fax broadcasting, which has been shut yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, you know, coffee salesmen. I mean, there's a lot of companies that did fax broadcasting, and all of a sudden it became illegal. Right. And the, the funny thing is I'm still getting the faxes every day for a trip to Cancun and also an auto warranty, and I can never get off the list. <laughs> it must be working because I'm still getting those fax, fax broadcasts. I don't know if they've run the numbers like Glenn said where they run the numbers and they said, whatever fine we're going to get is less than whatever we're making, but I keep getting them in my facts. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. So we're we're just about out of time, but let me ask you each a, a question, uh, or I'm going to ask a question. I'd love it for you to each answer it. What's what's your best piece of advice? For, cause here's, here's the way I look at it, and, and I'm not in any way treading into political waters, but I've noticed 
that uh, I mean, from everything from jobs reports to business growth, to, I think we're I think we're headed for a revival of the entrepreneurial spirit. I think small business people are going to see some growth and expansion, and I think people who've been hiding in the bushes, so to speak, I, I think there's going to be a, a significant opportunity for people who are who have a growth minded uh, approach to uh, to business. So. Um, what do you think would be what's your best piece of advice uh, assuming you agree with me what's your best piece of advice for people who who want to kind of ride the wave so to speak I I would say it has to do with being really clear about the problem that you're solving solve a specific problem for a specific audience but then amass as much proof as you can that you're the best company to solve that problem around because it's um the more entrepreneurs that flood into the market, the more competitive things get, the more that the um, marketplace really becomes a world stage, the more competition you really have. And um, the more distrustful people are also because of all the scams online. So, so you really have to have proof. You have to set your mind to gathering proof everywhere that you can and distributing it to customers in every way that you can think of. Um, so to, to develop that no like and trust factor. So that would be my best piece of advice. David? You know, okay. my best, my advice goes along with what you said, Jim. It's like, you know, you get, you find a, a niche, a market, a business that you like. Once you deem that, you know, some people are making money, it's, you know, it's, it's possible um, to make money. It's just, you got to stick at it. And you got to stick at it over the long haul, and you have to think like I'm. I'm not going to make a million, you know, right away. And you just got to keep working at it. Like that's, Jim. I imagine a guy like yourself, super successful. It, it took time. Like I can't stress that enough. It's like it's not cool advice, but to me, that's the secret. It's like the book, The Outliers, right? Ten thousand hours to be, you know, super successful in any field. Like that. It, it's the time factor. It's putting in that time. And slogging through it, that's like my advice. And don't, you know, don't give up, as cliche as it sounds. Yeah. You know, um, so I'm, I do a lot on Facebook. I posted a meme the other day. So I, I've been able to work three days a week for the last three years. That's my goal. And who knows, maybe as I get a little older, I'll work too. But I, I, have, I put in 13 years probably of doing 80-hour weeks to be able to do that, right? And when I started my business in 2001, my first year, almost almost 12 months, I got my oh. first client in 12 months. But what I say is my first year was revenue-free, right? I'm, I, I founded my own corporation, <laughs> but, but I had zero <laughs> revenue. And, and what I say is on my darkest days, I, I always kept thinking, how ridiculous would it be for me to quit now when success is right around the corner, especially having put in so much effort? So, you know, I just encourage people – um, to 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 be patient. I mean, well, you know, I'm in pay. I have the patience of a gnat, as my wife says. But so I want to grow fast. But I'm also realistic, and I understand what it takes to grow a business and to finally get the repeat and referrals and get and get you know things like that. That all comes through providing value through relationships. And again, you cannot you cannot microwave trust. Is one of my memes there. But guys, this has been a fun interview, and um, I would love to have you back sometime. I think. Uh, I think we got a lot more ground to cover. Jim, anytime. Sounds good. You name it. Yeah, anytime. And thank you so much, and uh, have a great day. Yeah, what's, um, 
I'm sure it'll be the, the same contact information or somebody want to let us know what's a good website. Where do you want my listeners to go learn more about you guys? Best thing to do would be to go to merchantaccountwizard.com and um, let us do a free rate analysis for you to see how much we can save you and you know, we'll get in contact and do a little strategic consult on um, the rest of your business too. So merchantaccountwizard.com best way to get in contact. Great. Dave and Glenn, thanks so much for being my guest this week. Hey, thank you very much, and have a great day. Hey, guys, that wraps up this very special episode of Dream Business Radio. Thank you to the Dream Business Academy for sponsoring the show. Again, you get $100 off when you register at Dream Biz Academy, dreambizacademy.com. Use the coupon code PODCAST. Thank you to my editors, everybody on my team that allows me to uh, live this life and make it look pretty easy. In reality, it's not. Watch for another great episode this time next week. And um, get a, you can still get a free copy of my latest book, my seventh book called Just Say Yes, Create a Dream Business and Live Your Dream Lifestyle at JustSayYesBook.com. JustSayYesBook.com. I'm your host, Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach. I'll see you next week. Take care, everybody.